choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to 100, nigga, real quick. What up, what up, Urbans and others? It's Kells at KMGZ on Twitter. I'm back on my bullshit for another week. How's everybody? I'm good. I'm doing well. Um, alright, so as usual, let's get through this very, very expeditiously and expediently, because I listen to a lot of y'all's podcasts, and that two hours is not the move, so I'm trying to not ever do that. Okay, so, let's start. Everybody ready? I think (laughs) y'all, I think some of y'all might know where this is going, I already have the title, uh, the first time in a long time I already got the title in my head but I'm going to save it to the end and drop it on everybody at the same time for maximum dramatic effect okay let's start yours in negritude is going out to the Philadelphia Eagles 6 and 1 number 1 in the NFC East best in the NFC conference what stay mad bitches what uh Past four years have been terrible. Chip Kelly took our tore our team to pieces. We was trash. We was garbage. Everybody had everything to say, talking all the shit. What about them boys and Kirk Cousins? You like that? And the Giants gonna win the Super Bowl and Atlanta Falcons. Uh, what's that shit y'all say? Y'all bum asses rise up till you blow it, then you rise down, fucking fall down and, and lose in the last second. Well, well, guess what? Guess what? It's 2017, and the Philadelphia Eagles back on top, bitch. What? Six and one. We look good. It ain't just, it ain't just, you know, we've been playing whatever opponents, and we ain't came up against nobody hard yet. We look good. We got a quarterback who's looking like the future. Daddy Wentz is slippery. Y'all don't know what to do with him. He puts the ball in the pocket. He's tough. You can't bring him down. He ain't afraid and he ain't worried about you. We need to adjust that a little bit because I like him to slide because that motherfucker, he don't give a fuck. He go up head for head. We got to break him out of that. But whatever. Yours in negative 6-1. We are playoff bound. Now, I ain't no fool. We had some injuries this last game. Um, we, we go, I, I think we're going to make the playoffs. I don't know how far we're going to get, but, I mean, it's wide open now. With um, Superman went down, so Green Bay don't have a quarterback. Um, ain't nobody ever worried about the Falcons. I don't give a fuck how good they look ever. Y'all know what that is. We beat the Panthers. Um, I don't see, I mean, the Giants not good. The Cowboys not good. The Skins not good. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I mean, you know, it's it's the Eagles. Of course, they, you know, they could always get to the playoffs and, and disappoint us in heartbreaking fashion, but... You know, I just don't, I, I can't point to a team right now where I can say it's definitively better that is definitely going to beat us. So, we'll see what we see. But regardless of how this season goes, it's already a success. Because last season, we was trash. Season before that, we was mid-trash. Season before that, we was a little less trash. But Chip Kelly was, uh, I mean, 
Jeffrey Laurie really set us back with that Chip Kelly shit and that nonsense. I'm, I mean, thank God he he didn't he didn't let it go. You know, as long as he did with Andy Reid, and I just you know a lot of people call Philly fans ungrateful. Whatever, y'all kiss my ass. We don't care about y'all. So y'all go through with y'all teams. Well, we go through with our teams. Still not have a ring after all these years. And y'all can tell us about being ungrateful and what you would be happy for. And, and until then, shut the fuck up. Because y'all know what that shit is like. Well, I don't know. If you are a um, Knicks fan, you might know what that shit is like. But not really, because y'all super delusional. But anyway, point is, you know, we appreciate everything Andy Reid did, but the nigga ain't never win the big game. And nobody really care about no NFC championships and NFC East and all that. The shit is Super Bowl. Super Bowl rings. That's what we wanted. He never got us there. So it was time for him to go. He held on way too long. I have always said that if they would have got rid of Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb in the same season the Eagles would have a ring by now because those years that we, those two or three extra years that we wasted, you know, being almost good, but getting, seeing that we weren't good enough could have been rebuilding years. And by the time we got rid of, by the time we had to get rid of Andy, we could have already been back to elite status, but we getting there. I, I wasn't sure about Peterson. I mean, he's looking a lot better this season. He came up under Andy Reid. A lot of coaches that come up Andy Reid are successful. I mean, Andy Reid's a good coach. He just mismanaged the clock, and he ain't won a big one. But he might this year. I mean, the Chiefs are the other, only other team in the league that look really good. Um, you know, when I see Andy Reid win a Super Bowl as a head coach, that's when I believe he'll, he can win a Super Bowl as a head coach. So now he's always a guy that mismanages the clock and outsmarts himself and blows it. But we'll see. Perhaps he'll win this year. I mean – the Eagles, the way I see it right now, we got as much a chance as anybody else to win. I'm not saying we are, but we could. So, I just wanted to say shout out to the E-A-G-L-E-S, fly, Eagles fly. Yes, I'm talking big shit because we, the past four years, all we've been hearing about is the Cowboys and we ain't got no rings and the Redskins and the Giants and, and fuck all y'all because all y'all trash. Where, where y'all at? Where they at, though? I don't see him. Put my head up, hand up to my face like the lady from the Green Beans Tomatoes joint. Where y'all at? Where y'all at? All we heard about is Dak and Zeke. And Zeke is good. Don't get me wrong. Dak, he all right. But I've been said, I've, I've been saw the jig on Zach. I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback, but I saw his rookie season. If you get rush him and get in his face, you can cause him to make mistakes. And I've been said that. Um, but not my man. Not Carson. Carson is solid. Carson don't rattle. They thought they had they thought they had him sacked. But what God says is for you, nobody can put us under. And that that white king slipped out and ran for like a 15 yards. He's the truth. He's the real deal. We gotta keep him healthy. Um he looks great. Uh, the future is bright. Regardless of what happens this season, there's no way you look at what the Eagles did last season. There's no way you could can't look at this as a successful turnaround. No matter what happens, I don't care if they go to the playoffs and lose in the first round, which I don't think they will. But let's say they do. We didn't make the playoffs at all last year season. And did we make a season for that? I don't think we did. did we? No, I don't think we did a season for that either. So, hey, from from last to, to playoffs, I'm not complaining. So. Six and one. Six and one. That's right. Six and one. Everybody real quiet. Ain't nobody got nothing to say. It's quiet on the TL. It's I don't see no Cowboys. I don't see no Redskins. I don't see no Giants. I don't see nothing. Nothing talking about basketball now. Y'all don't went off the basketball. Basketball finals ain't till June. Okay. I see y'all. Whatever. Six and one. Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S. Boom. Moving on to current events. So, 
I ain't gonna mention your president. I'll just sum it up by saying the world is still on fire. Um, I will say though, um, I said this last week. I I, I have. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I, I have a, a, a confidence in Robert Mueller. I, I feel that that is going to be fruitful. I just have an instinct that it's going to be fruitful because, again, I think there's there's something there. I don't think it's any. I don't think they're on a wild goose chase. I don't think that they're you know reaching for grasping for straws. I think it's all right there. You just need somebody that's meticulous and and skilled enough to put it together, which he is. Um, this news about Hillary and them paying for the dossier came out. That's not really news. Um, of course, they're trying to turn it into some conspiracy, but, like, whatever. I can't, you know. Yeah. At some point, I just feel like this making of of this, this ginning up conspiracies and making everything a conspiracy that's not, like, at some point, that shit has to bottom out. Like, like the housing boom, you know what I mean, like, at some point, I mean, dummies gonna be dummies, and these Trump people gonna be these Trump people, they morons anyway, but at some point, regular people gotta be like, enough of this, like, come on, like, every goddamn piece of news that comes out is not a fucking scandal, like, we see what y'all doing, this is bullshit, what's with these Russians, what with this dude, this dude is destroying the country, we need to get him out of here, we don't wanna hear about that bullshit y'all talking about, at some point, it has to get to that, and I think we may be arriving at that point, or may, you know, maybe tinkering around the edges, because I'm not giving Senator, or whatever the fuck his name is, Coker, Cocker, whatever, I'm not giving him all this credit in the world, because he's just doing what anybody who's decent should have already been done, before this motherfucker got elected, I don't know why these Republicans are so afraid of Donald Trump, he is an outside, this is my opinion, and I could be wrong, I hope I'm not, but I could be wrong, I am of the opinion, we are, we are, we are in dire straits, we are in very precarious position, because, it, because if I am wrong, then we're in trouble, we're in serious trouble, but if I'm not wrong, then we're still in serious trouble, but, but it is, it is fixable, but if I'm wrong, we're, we're we, we, we done dollar, we, we are fucked, I, I tend to think, and take this with a grain of salt, because every prediction that I have made about this election, except for it being the Russians and then being a setup, that was dead on, but every prediction that I've taken about this election has been wrong, so this could just be another one of those things, but I don't think so I think that Trump is a blip I think he's an arboration I think he's that, you know, when you do when you do anything and get averages and always that one it, that one cycle or whatever you call it where just something go, you just can't explain it like this one odd result doesn't job with all the other results, we gotta count it cause I mean it's in the study but it just, I don't know, it's just that random shit that happens every now and then, just you know, probability of the most extreme even a point zero zero. in other words even a point zero 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 one probability can occur, you know it's very, it's, it's, it's very rare but you, you, you can't count it out cause it can occur right? that .001% of chance, that's what I think, I think this is a blip, I, I just, and I say that because, I mean, rational people, we, we, either everybody is just, either the whole world's going crazy, and we just, everybody just going to stay crazy, which is a possibility, I suppose, or at some point, this, we just have to stop this shit, and I just, my, I, See, it'd be different if 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 Trump was like a chain, a Dick Cheney type, or like a 
I don't know, even a Richard Nixon type, somebody who was smart, somebody who was capable, somebody who was competent and, and skillful to know what they're doing, to strategize, to plan. That'd be different if that was Trump. But like I keep saying, I'm getting so tired of everybody talking about, oh, he's talking about, um, what's the last shit he's on? Oh, he's talking about the doctor to distract from this. Trump, it's just, you have to, in order to distract, distraction is a strategy. It's a plan. He has no plan. He has no, he's a child. He doesn't, he doesn't know anything. He's sitting and he's just whatever he's doing. I wish y'all would stop doing that. It's not a distract. He's just a fucking idiot. He's just dumb. He just can't keep his attention from one moment to the next. And he just sits and watches Fox News and shit all day and plays golf. And he just tweets just like every other fucking idiot on Twitter. It's not, I hate that. It's not strategy requires not, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't read. He doesn't take the time to read. It's obvious when he speaks that he's, he's, does, he's not a smart man. When people who are, in t- listen to Obama, listen to Hillary, listen to, uh, I don't know, you name it. People who are intelligent, it comes through when they speak. Eloquent or not, when you are intelligent, it comes through. This motherfucker sounds like any random dumbass on the street. He is not smart. He is not intelligent. Nothing he does is strategic. I guarantee you he just signs shit, doesn't read it, doesn't know what it says. If you don't, you want, don't take my word for it. Just look at him in any interview. When they ask him any question of substance, he has no fucking idea. Because he doesn't know. I, he doesn't even know what these words mean. I guarantee he's talking about collusion, collusion. I bet you if you ask Donald Trump what collusion means, he can't tell you. He's no idea what it fucking means. So, I don't, I said all that to say, I don't understand why these Republican senators, if, 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 if the answer is that the reason they're not standing up is because they're afraid, my question is why, what, afraid of what? He's an outsider. He's not somebody who has alliances. He's not somebody who people like. What can he do to you? I don't think he's going to make it four years, but let's say he, let's say he does. And let's assume we get our shit together, which is a big assumption. I don't see him being reelected. I mean, I don't, I don't think he got illegally elected the first time, but we know that he didn't get more votes. People are woke, I mean, hopefully, people realize that they fucked it up. I just don't, what can he do to you? You, if you are a congressman or a senator who's been where you are for 20, 30 years, you have way more connects, way more favors owed, way more experience, way more knowledge than he does. They're good, they're probably going to be out in like another year or year and a half. They're probably all going to be out. So what are you afraid of? If that's what you're saying, I don't think they're afraid of it. I think they agree. I think they want him to do what he's doing, and they'll just take all the other bullshit in the meantime. That's got to be it because there's nothing to be afraid of. And you know, so John McCain, who's who's whatever they're trying to make him a hero. I'm not buying it because he started all this shit with Sarah Palin, and and I ain't never, I ain't, I really ain't trusted John McCain since. Because if I was John McCain, uh, 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 I, I am a vet, but if I was a Vietnam vet that was a POW and went through it, you should look him up. He's the real deal. If I had gone through what he went through, and that nigga got on that bitch-ass nigga who ain't who Cheeto fat fuck motherfucker who ducked Vietnam somebody, he got bone spurs, got on his, and talked shit about me being a POW, I would have been waiting for that bitch wherever he was getting off the elevator, wherever he was at, I would have made, I would have made sure I got a moment to get up next to him, whatever I had to do, and I would have punched that dude square in his mouth, and they wouldn't have did not nothing, what they gonna do to John McCain, they gonna lock him up, they gonna arrest him, okay, maybe, I doubt it, nigga's a senator for how long, he a Vietnam vet, what they gonna do to him, cause he punched Donald Trump in the mouth, not a goddamn thing, 
I would have. I swear to God, I would have punched that dude. I don't care. And if I and and hey, you want to lock me up and I gotta go sit in the capital jail or whatever fuck federal jail, whatever they want to do. That's fine. I'll. <laughs> that's cool. I'll do it. So I've been looking at him sideways since then. Um, cause I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I would have punched. I would have. I would have stole the shit out of that dude. De- dead up. So I. I don't. I don't. I just don't see this last. I don't see this lasting. I, do, I just don't. I think at some point, I think people are starting to really just have enough. Coker stood. I mean, he's retiring, so it's no risk to him. But I mean, I, if he put it like this, he's not the only one that probably feels that way. He's just the only one that you know he's retiring, so he say come out and say it. We don't know what kind of machinations are going on behind the scenes, but I just don't. I don't see this. Dumb, I feel like we are at peak dumb shit. I feel like we've been at peak dumb shit for a very long time, and you know, that 30%, they gonna stay in the dumb shit because they're dumb, but I just can't, I don't see this just constantly drumming up nonsense while this motherfucker is just ripped, shot in our country apart, lasting. So I think this is a blip, I think this is an arboration, I think in history, people are gonna look at this time as, yo, they, you know, they went crazy, they elected a black man, and white people went crazy, and they elected this dumbass, and he almost destroyed the country, but he was so incompetent, and so inept, and they just didn't have any, but it was the same old bullshit, the Republican policies are dead, they can't govern, they can't lead, all they can do is say no, like, I just feel like, you know, I just don't see it lasting, again, I could be wrong, and we could be in big trouble, but I just instinctually don't think so, I don't know what the Democrats are doing, I have no faith in them whatsoever I just common sense reason and rationale and just the the, the fucking I don't know, current of the universe I just don't see this lasting, I just can't, I don't see this making it, like, either even if it's just cause he just blows us all the shit, like he kills us all, like it's something that that has this kind of dumb shit can't just go on this kind of dumb shit, it, it either somebody comes along and corrects it, snaps it off and, and recorrects it, or it runs into a brick wall There's all, that's just it, so either either it's a blip or we just all gonna die either way it's gonna be over so, I don't know that's, that's all I can say um, the world is still on fire though Okay, moving on to really quick, because I, I told y'all before, I like talking about Ayanla because she's funny to me. Um, so the show they had this last Saturday was about um, these marriages that are on the rocks. And I ain't going to talk too much about it if y'all saw it, but the one thing I noticed that all these people, they got married way too young. So they, these people, these were young people. Some of them were like, I think the oldest guy, the oldest husband was like 50, but he was like 12 years older than his wife, so his wife was like, thir- I mean, the oldest one was 50, the old, the next oldest people were 36, so these are young people, and they had been 36, married 15 years, so that means you got married when you was like, what, 20, uh, 2021, something like that. To, way too young, so uh, that's the first thing I noticed, I was like, all y'all's married, y'all all need to, you know, I'm not against relationships and all that shit, but y'all got married way too young, and y'all need to go ahead and divorce, because y'all got married in the years when the 20s, people don't do nothing significant in your 20s, your 20s are when you figure out who you are, you don't know, everybody has these young folks, I had it too, I had to learn, you, you figure it out when you turn 30, like, everybody has, when I was 17, I thought 30 was old, dude. I thought 30 was like, all right, I'm going to be married with some kids. We're going to live in the house where I, you know, have a career. 
when I was, because it just seemed really old. But, like, I tell people now all the time, like, yo, you live in your parents' house till you're, like, 18. So when you get, when you're 25, 25 sounds like a grown-up, sounds like an adult, but you a six-year-old adult. My nigga, because if you went to college, you was in college, so you still was kind of dependent on your parents till 21, 22, whatever. So you've been out of school three years. You've been an adult. You're a three-year-old adult. Like, you don't have to have it all together. I don't, you should not be getting married at 19, 20. You don't even know who you are. The person I was at 20, oh, my God, are you kidding me? He's a fucking lunatic. I can't even remember, I can't remember how I was at 20. I mean, I remember something, I remember incidents, but, like, my personality, I was a lunatic. Because... Who ain't at 20? I ain't give a fuck. <laughs> 20 years old, you don't give a fuck about nothing. You ain't gonna die. You're gonna live forever. You know everything. You're young. You got this metabolism. You can eat what you want. You can drink what you want. You can fucking party all night. Um, sleep in the backseat of your car for, or, or backseat of li- like catch a two hour nap in the library. Pop up, go to class all day. Be fine. Long as you make it to the weekend, then you can sleep it off and you be good. You ain't got no bags under your eyes. Your skin is clear. Everything. I mean, the 20s are wonderful. Then you a savage. Why are you getting married? So, that's the first thing. I was like, y'all need to just fucking get divorced and go live your life. Because y'all just, y'all just, y'all, y'all 36, y'all been married 15 years. Y'all having problems to where y'all got to come on now. Y'all, it just ain't working out. Just go ahead and go on with your life. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, that's how I felt. I was like, all of y'all too. The stuff they were arguing about was just like, regular, I'm not, I'm a different person now. Who the fuck is this nigga? I'm a different person now, who the fuck is this bitch? That's basically, and what the fuck does she want with me? That's basically what all they arguments is coming down to. And they had one, I think his name was Jamar. Light-skinned dude, Jamar, LeVar, something like that. That nigga, I already know, he, I already know that couple ain't gonna make it. He was sitting there, like, you know the meme of the black lady that's blinking? Lamar was sitting there the whole time with that look. This is his wife next to him crying about, I don't even really know, couldn't get it out, he had, he's been cheating, and all of that, um, he just was staring, even Ayala was like, um, you know, buddy, I've been doing this a long time, but you scare me, and he, he was like, why, he said, cause your lights are on, but nobody's home, and that was exactly what it was, cause he was just staring, it ain't matter what she said, he looking off to the side, he just like, whatever, so, I don't see that occurring, he was over it, he was done, he seemed to me like he was just there to get on TV, and so he wouldn't be fine, and so nobody could say that he didn't, you know, he like, alright, well, whatever, I sh- she wanna go to this fucking Ayala shit, fine, I don't want nobody to say I ain't wanna do therapy, or I ain't wanna try, or I ain't do every fucking thing, so I'll go in here and I'll stare straight ahead, he did not give a fuck, he was just like, whatever, um, you know, he was cheating from, from what it sounded like, he was cheating before they got married, and again, they got married in like 2021, so do it even count? I mean, I don't know, y'all straight people, y'all get real funny, I just, <laughs> that boyfriend-girlfriend shit, I've told y'all before, I don't care about that shit, <laughs> like, when you 20, 21, y'all go together, oh, he cheated on me, did he, you know, okay, are y'all married, I mean, people get on me, but I understand that you, y'all not, to me, when you say cheating, you are, you are breaking a vow or a promise that you have made, when y'all go together, I mean, yeah, y'all say y'all exclusive, okay, yes, so if you just fuck somebody else, you just fuck somebody else, like, alright, what we gonna do, we gonna break up, or what, like, you know what I mean, it's not like a, where, where, in a marriage, if you cheat, it's consequences, my nigga, like, okay, well, if we gonna get divorced, that's, that's the thing, or we gonna try to work on this, cause we got kids, I'm just saying it's different, I don't, I don't, 
I don't hold it against no 21 year old if they if they fuck with somebody else I, like that's what you're supposed to do at 20 I don't know why y'all be so rushed to get exclusive like if you like even if you meet somebody and you like them alright y'all sit down hey look I like you you like me I really have feelings for you let's see where this go you know what I mean but oh you know and, and y'all set the parameters or whatever that is but like y'all jump out the window with it your whole life be scarred because when you was 21 your boyfriend fucked somebody else like he 21 sis that's what 21 year olds do <laughs> you know what I mean like I'm sorry maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong but that's just how I've always felt I'm not advocating for cheating but like cheating is is well I, I'm, I'm just, it's just not it's not to me put it like this Depending on the circumstances, first of all, when I have a relationship, I already want to set it up like what's going to be acceptable, especially if we're trying to get married. Like, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, we're trying to get married. I love you. We connected, whatever. We legally bound and everything. But, like, we're going to have to have some kind of agreement because I'm going, you or me might both get bored. Like, I'm not going to flip out. Whatever. Let me not tell my business. But, I just was like, all y'all need to just go your own way. Y'all tried it. Y'all gave it the college try. Um, you know, you're 36 year old, you've been married for 15 years, shit ain't working out, go and get divorced, you're still young, you clearly don't want to be here. I just, I just thought it was funny, because if anybody watching, y'all saw that dude, he, I mean, because the other husband, he was like 15 years older than his wife, and he was like, I, I started to realize maybe I took advantage of her, of her youth, I think she was done too, because she the one that had cheated, the wife cheated, and again, I just couldn't blame her, I mean, like, it's stiff to me, what I'm trying to say is like, if you marry, like you grown, like say y'all got married 30, y'all been married 15 years, now y'all 45, y'all grown, y'all got kids, y'all married, y'all dedicated to each other, and you know, y'all having issues, go ahead and try to work that out, because y'all, you know, y'all, that's work, try to work your marriage out, because what else you gonna do, you got a family, you know, y'all got a lot of invested, but if you ain't got no kids, and you would got married at 19 and 20, and you just having issues because you just outgrew each other, it's one thing to have marital issues, lack of communication, stuff that happened in marriages, yeah, go ahead and work on that, y'all older, y'all got kids, y'all got a house, y'all built a life together, you know, maybe he don't communicate the best, you need him to clean up more, a little shit you could work through, yes, work that out, but when you got married at 19 and 20, and you've been married for 15 years, and now you 36, and y'all both just both sitting there like, you know, y'all, both of y'all shot the sheriff, and y'all just not getting along on nothing, and this one's got blank eyes, and you crying because he's been cheating for the past 15 years, like, y'all need to just go y'all separate ways, like, y'all clearly, y'all just outgrew each other, like, y'all been married 15 whole years, it's, that's a long time to be married, y'all did it, y'all done it, y'all tried it, y'all been going through this 15 years, y'all got married too young, y'all two different people now, y'all want different things, y'all different ways in life, he probably wanna go out and see what he missed, you know, I just, I just, the whole thing to me was just like, y'all need, y'all, y'all don't need Ayala, y'all need to get the fuck divorced and go on with your lives, so, that was my takeaway on that, like, I, people, people get mad at me when I say that, because they feel like I'm advocating, she, I'm not, I just don't think it's the most important thing, I just don't think people are honest with themselves, and I think people, and I won't just say women, but it's, it's strong in women, like, they feel that cheating is like, they take it so personal, like, it's a fault for them, like, it's, like, it's a transgression against them, and if you, un- and that's because y'all sell this, this, these fairy tale relationships, it's not about, like, cheating, it ain't about you a lot of times, it's really not, it's, that's, if it was, then, people wouldn't get cheated, because if all you had to do was be the perfect wife, and clean, I cook, I clean, all the shit people say, 
that's supposed to stop people from cheating. If that's what it was, then people wouldn't cheat because you cook and you clean, right? You're a good wife, right? You come home, you do what he wants, he still cheats. So clearly that's not what it is. So I, all I'm saying is, like, I don't take it. I've never been a person to take it super personal. Like, t- not take it personal, but take it as, a, as, a, as an affront against me if you cheat. You cheated for whatever reason you cheated for, but that doesn't reflect on my character is what I'm trying to say. It does. I don't take it as a fail. You failed. I didn't fail. And I feel like a lot of people just take it so personal and, oh, my God, and they can't never get over it. And I never understood that. Like, yo, okay, who did he cheat with? Okay, so is he going to leave her for you? No. Okay, so then you do you want to stay with him? Yeah, then work it out. If not, don't. Like, I don't just don't understand all this him and hawn and another sad love song and all this bullshit y'all do, which I never have. I never took it that bad because I was always like, look, um, if you want to be with old girl, go be with old girl. If you don't want to be with old girl, you want to be over here, then we need to sit and talk, figure this out because that whole ugly, and you ain't going to have embarrassing me cheating on me with that ugly bitch. If you're going to cheat on me, you better cheat on me with somebody I can't say. Better be Rihanna or Angelina Jolie, some type shit where I'd be like, well, look at the bitch. I mean, what you want me to do? Tell, I, I'm not supposed to tell this nigga he can't fuck her. I mean, look at her. She wanted to fuck him. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. It got to be, or, or you know, She's some rich bitch, and hey, she, he give her money, and she get him. You know, we gotta work something out. But is what I'm saying. But you know, don't have me out here looking. What's the number one? What is the ancient Negro proverb of all time? Do not have me out here looking stupid. That's all I ask. And and a lot of people they just get so wrapped up in, in infidelity. He was he cheated on me, and I just can't get over it. Now how could you do this to me, like sis, sis? You really wrapping too much around something that really ain't got nothing to do with you. She might have just been the baddest bitch that day and wanted to fuck him. And it don't mean he don't love you and he wouldn't give up his family. I'm not saying it's right, but like stop wrapping so much of your self esteem and your whole world up in some nigga only sleeping with you because that ain't normal and that ain't. <sighs> Whatever. Let me stop ranting and raving on that. Anyway, Ayala fixed my life. They need to get divorced. The end. Um. Oh, I already talked about that. Eagle six and one. Move that up. Eagle six and one. Okay. So, um, I wanted to throw in. To, so, so today was the um anniversary of uh, the release of Paid in Full, and it was a little mini um, I don't know, mini conversation on the TL because. I guess there's a whole bunch of y'all that ain't never seen Paid in Full. That's a goddamn shame. Um, it's a hood classic. Now, some people do the most. Somebody's one of the greatest movies of all time. It is not. It's a hood classic along with New Jack City. But what I want to say about Paid in Full is I, the reason why that movie is so good is because if, if you grew I'm Gen X. Anybody my age or grew up, when I grew up in the 80s and the 90s, when the drugs was, you know, crack era, basically, anybody who grew up in that time, paid in full, it just captured that era perfectly, y'all younger millennials, y'all always, you know, well, how bad was it and like, when the crime bill comes up, and we always try to tell y'all, look, the shit was really bad y'all have no idea, motherfucking crackheads was everywhere, and y'all think we were not we're not exaggerating, it was really, really bad that scene in New Jack City Night of Living Baseheads, where you go into the apartment and it's crack, it's smokers everywhere it really was like that, like it was literally like that in the streets. Smokers everywhere, burnt out lots everywhere. Shit is all nice and gentrified now. This shit ain't looked like that before. Harlem was fucked up. Philly was fucked up. Brooklyn was fucked up. D.C., murder capital, fucked up. Miami, 
cocaine capital, fucked up. L.A. gang capital, fucked up. From the 80s on to when Bill Clinton came in and, and put the crime bill in and they started cleaning niggas up, shit was horrible. It was terrible. And actually, it was prior to that. Like, I, um, the 70s were really bad, too. I was born in the 70s, so I was a baby and little kid. I don't really recall. But the, it really started with, um, uh, who was the president before? Um, Reagan? Uh, whoever, I can't recall, whoever the president, the first presidential election I remember, I was a little kid, I was in first or second grade, it's Ronald Reagan, I remember because, you know, everybody was like, oh God, we in for it now, and all the white people just loved Ronald Reagan, that's the first election I remember, um, but whoever was, I don't remember who he, I remember he beat Jimmy, oh, Jimmy Carter, yeah, there you go, Jimmy Carter, he beat Jimmy Carter, that's right, okay. That's the first election I remember. But anybody that grew up in that time, paid in full, got it perfect. The drug, how we dressed, how we walked, how we talked, how it was. And that's why it's such a hood classic. And that's why I loved it so much. And it, set, it was set in Harlem. But basically, the New York drug game and the Philly drug game was exactly the same. As a matter of fact, a lot of Philly drug boys came to New York. A lot of New York people set up in Philly. It was, it was almost exactly the same. Um... Harlem had their drug crews. Brooklyn had um, Brooklyn had the B Boys. Um, Queens had Supreme Team. Harlem had um, Mitch and them, and then you know Philly was kind of the same. Every neighborhood we had Parkside Killers, which is Parkside and West Philly. We had um, all these. I don't even fuck with North Philly. North Philly had all these crews. South Philly had all these crews. But Philly was just a little slightly different because. I've talked about the history of Philly on here before. So my dad and them's generation, the black Muslims and them, they had the black mafia. You can look them up. You could Google it. It was a real thing. They ran the city. They, the black mafia is the reason why Philadelphia was never really a strong mob city like New York was. They didn't have the five families. Um, New York was considered, I mean, Philly was considered a, an extension of New York. They gave the Philly gangsters Atlantic City to run, but they were extension of New York. They had reports in the New York crime bosses because the black mafia, the brothers, the nation of Islam, ran Philadelphia, and they kept the mob in the mob's area, the mob, they would not allow the mobs, the rest of the city was a black city, y'all staying y'all white, down South Philly in the Italian market, wherever the fuck y'all at, y'all stay down there, we'll stay over here, so the black mafia ran Philly in the 60s and 70s, and then when those guys um, got locked up, a lot of their kids, a lot of their sons, started this new thing called JBM, which was Junior Black Mafia. You can look that up. That was the second wave. So that's when I was in um, middle school and high school. The JBM ran Philadelphia. And I knew a lot of them dudes because a lot of them dudes knew my dad because, again, they were the sons of sons and daughters of the, the Black Mafia who was my dad's generation. So the mosque across the street from our store, a lot of them dudes that's in jail now, they was in Black Mob, in the JBM. So JBM kind of sat over everything. So they had the little drug crews in different neighborhoods, but JBM was, they ran the city. Like, nothing happened without JBM. If you got two out of line, JBM. So, it, but it was, it was just almost the same thing. So, Paid in Full, it was, it's a classic movie. It's a hood classic. It captured the 80s drug game perfectly. Almost as just the same way as New Jack City. A lot of people saw New Jack. By the time New Jack City came out, I was in high school. Um, another one. You know, these are not Oscar-type movies, but they captured the time so perfectly. And New Jack City was another classic because it captured the 90s. 
drug game. The late 80s to early 90s, so after Alpo and all them guys was locked up, after a lot of the JBM dudes start getting locked up, crack came on the scene, and anybody, at that point, anybody that could get some baking soda and some cocaine could make crack. That's, the, that's part of the reason why, if you weren't there, you don't really understand. A lot of people say there's no difference between crack and cocaine. There is. Cocaine was expensive drug. It was the club drug, Club 50... 54, whatever, that New York club, the 70s, it was the disco, you had to be a movie star, you had to be a doctor, you had to be a lawyer, you had to make a lot of money because cocaine was expensive. Poor people could not afford that shit. Poor people did heroin, they did weed, couldn't afford cocaine. Crack came along, and it made anybody not only be able to afford it, instead of paying, I don't even know how much cocaine cost back then, but you know, you had to have money, but you could get a crack rock for 10, 5, 10 dollars. So, and then all you need to make it was cocaine and, and baking soda. So any, what it basically what it did is it opened up the market. Basically, back in the day, like we saw in Paid in Full, you had to have a connect. When Alpo met um, the Puerto Rican guy, I forgot his name, that was his connect. That guy got whole keys in. They weren't standing on no corner. He wasn't standing on no corners. Them guys was not corner boys. Them guys was moving keys. Alpo went down to D.C., same thing. They was, they was moving weight. You that you had to have that in the, in the cocaine game. You couldn't just be anybody. You had to be vetted. That's why the movie was, it showed that. It showed how you had to be rich. Alpo, they didn't just let anybody in. Remember when Ace took the bag to the um, diner when he found um, the dude dead and he took the cocaine down and he had to ask them, hey, you know, I thought I could do for you what he did. Like, you had to be vetted. You couldn't just anybody do it. Well, when crack came, that went away. And so any crazy motherfucker, like guys that probably dealers would be like, nah, that nigga crazy, he gonna get us all locked up. But all you had to do was get some little bit of cocaine, you get an ounce of cocaine, make a few um, um, rocks of crack, sell that, get that money, keep it, flip it, flip it, flip it, and then like a month, you could be the man. Because that's how hot, that's how much crack sold, that's how fast it sold. So the shit got crazy, because anybody and everybody was selling crack. And the violence was crazy, because now it wasn't no more territory. Because when you moving keys and shit, like, part of it, nobody want no smoke. Nobody don't want no smoke, because that brings police. We all making money, you stay out of my territory, I stay out of your territory. It was understood, because again, people were vetted. You couldn't just, you couldn't just sell keys. Somebody had to vouch for you. Somebody to say, yeah, that nigga cool. Nine times out of ten, y'all grew up together. Y'all had, y'all had, you know, okay, you gonna take that territory over there, and, and, and it wasn't no issue. But when you had crack, niggas was just everywhere. So now you got the violence, because, oh, who this nigga on my corner? Now you shooting it out in the middle of the street, broad daylight, shooting it out, killing whoever, smoking, stealing shit, crack. It was wild. It was wild, 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 wild. New Jack City captured that perfectly. And a lot of people were like, oh, that shit wasn't realistic. Yes, the fuck it was. Matter of fact, when you go to um, LaGuardia Airport right now from, from um, east side of Harlem, when you drive across the bridge to go to LaGuardia, when you go right before you get on the bridge, there's a basketball court over there. And that crack kill sign from that's in New Jack City, that sign is still there. It was painted in 1984. You can see it. They filmed it right in that park. So that shit is real. All with the crack vials in the water, that shit was real. We used to go to school and walking over crack. Matter of fact, that's how I know what a crack vial looked like. Like to this day, I'm like, oh, that's a crack vial. How you know that? Because we was little. They would be all in the street. Smokers would be everywhere. I don't know if I told y'all the story or not. Um, I saw... I told y'all the story about the prostitute. No, I said on, on Twitter. This this lady that used to work for my father. Crack was rough, man. Crack was like, people would start smoking crack on June 1st. And by, like, July 15th, they was complete smoked-out crackheads. 
sold everything just bad, had been out on runs, crack took people down quickly, bad, teeth falling out, everything, within like a, in a year, them motherfuckers are straight up crackheads, um, so, this lady that used to work for us, she like, started out, regular girl, you know, runaway hood chick, whatever, she worked for us, she got on that shit, she got on that crack, within like, I say like a few months of her smoking crack when she had already, you know, she had went through her paycheck, stopped showing up from work, got fired, all that, because that's what they do, they start, they go crazy for that crack, so you give them a little money, they get the crack, and they just smoking and smoking and smoking, so they get no more money, and then if you a girl, you start hooking or whatever, so she starts, she's turned into a prostitute, a few months later, we would see her looking bad, teeth falling all out, like, god damn, girl, I mean, I'm talking about like a, six months, like no time at all, out in the street, out, just prostituting for drugs, like, that's how bad it was, um, next thing we knew, I, I guess a few more months went by, because it was like that next summer, she turned up missing, they found her dead, in a uh, parking lot, stuffed in the trunk, somebody had cut her throat, and, and, and she was dead, we all went like a year, this girl went from being, had a job, a good job, making money, regular girl to a year, dead, a crack whore, throat cut in the trunk of a car, in an abandoned lot in West Philly, like, that's how bad crack was, so, um, you know, very realistic, captured drug cap culture perfectly, it was a terrible time, um, and that's why I, to this day, I'm, I'm ambivalent, I see all these little young millennials that don't remember that shit, cause y'all was born in like the 93 and the 94, so y'all was born when that shit was kinda tapering off, and, and, and kinda, you know, on the tail end, and y'all come through talking about the predator and the drug laws and the draconian drug laws and all that bullshit, and that's why those of us who are older and live through that shit, look at y'all like we do, like, whatever, <laughs> yeah, we see now, 2020, that it was racist and all that, but um, back then, wasn't nobody complaining that, that, about that shit, and we would do it again, because shit was horrible, I mean, I remember, so I remember, and I've told this story before, crackheads would sell anything, my dude, like, they would steal anything and sell it for drugs, I mean, it was an upside to that too, because you can get a crackhead, if you can, if you manage crackheads right, the thing was, you couldn't pay them up front, you had to pay them after, pay them up front, you never see them again, but you can get a crackhead to like wash and detail your whole car, that you gotta go to a car wash for like $50 and get, no motherfuckers do that shit for like 4 or $5, <laughs> I'm talking about immaculate, cause they want that money, they want that crack, crackheads was useful, they didn't want like these, these dope fiends out here linked and passed out and just no good slurring their speech and all that, crackheads was useful, you know, you can get them, they cut your grass, they, cause they want that money, so if you, hey yo man, you come around every week, I'm gonna give you ten dollars cut this grass, that motherfucking crackhead was gonna be there for that ten dollars, guarantee so, you get a lot you, you, they were very useful but at the same time, you know I, so we was in the store one day, it's the summertime, cause usually I, I worked, um in the summertime, because, you know, at, during the year I had school and sports and all that, and, during, and so, but during the summer, you know, I would be in there, you know, like a regular job, and I just remember one day, and we, my father's store was on 60th Street, West Philly, middle of like the, it was bad, um, this lady came in, this smoker came in, and she was trying to sell somebody's address, bro, like the address off somebody's house, like your address 832, you know, a little nameplate, she had stole that off somebody, people used to have to chain up, you know your little, you know how you put your little, your porch furniture on the porch, who the fuck gonna steal porch furniture, crackheads, niggas used to have to chain that shit up, cause people would steal it, they plants, can't have a plant on your porch, cause a crackhead would steal a plant, come around the corner, hey yo, I got this rubber tree plant, you wanted two dollars, oh yeah, I'll take a nice plant, so, <laughs> 
You had to change shit. This girl was was stealing. She stole an address. What's somebody gonna do with an address, yo? My dad was like, take that shit back and put it back where the fuck you don't come around here with that shit no more. Take that lady address back. Like it was eight thirty-two. I still remember that shit. What the fuck am I gonna do with somebody's addresses? But that's how like fiendish they were, yo. I'm telling you, our 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 spot, our we our spot, our restaurant. Fridays and Saturday nights in the summer, it was like the club, my nigga, popping, lying out the door, all the dope boys with their girlfriends or whatever little crack holes they find, you know, okay, you gotta buy them a little hoagie or a little sandwich or a little pizza, whatever they want first, buy them some food, then go smash whatever you're gonna smash it, yo, me and my cousin used to rack up, joint was the club, we was both young, cute girls, man, we used to get tips, dope ahead, head, hey, baby girl, that's for you, give you a hundred dollar bill, I take, my dad was like, you better stop taking the money from niggas, I was like, alright, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, I'm taking that shit, what they gonna do? <laughs> I used to take that motherfucking money, I ain't give a fuck, like, what you want? Sometimes niggas would drop drugs out their pockets, and you have to be like, excuse me, excuse me, um, you, you crack bundles, so you dropped it, please get it, we don't want the cops coming in, I think we do crack, <laughs> he's like, oh, we, excuse sir, you dropped your dime bag, thanks, here you go, you know, like, I would never touch it, because I ain't want my fingerprints on that shit, but it's to be like, sir, excuse me, excuse me, dropped your marijuana, thanks, yeah, it was like, yo, it was, it was, it was a time, it was a time to be alive, the, the, the car that, um, Mitch drove in, in, um, paid in full, every dope boy drove that car, it was that car, it was the BMW they had, they had the Benz joint, and then they had the, um, the, uh, the three series bins, the one that Nas had up on Instagram with Nikki, that was the car. If you had that shit, you was doing it. And they would get the phone. And this is when car phones was like, well, ain't nobody have, you know, we ain't have iPhones and that shit. Like the portable phones was like the size of a brick. They call them brick phones because it was the size of a brick. When they first started, it came in a bag. And you had to carry the bag. And you look like a dumbass. You look like, you know how the, you ever see the phone man come and he had that when he talked, calling back to the, or the Comcast man, when they calling back to tell you shit, they, they would be one of those. And then. After that, they got rid of the bag, and then it was just a brick, and it was like the size of a brick. That's why they call it brick phone. They had this antenna, and then you would get the car phone, and the phone in the car was like it looked like a I don't even know like how could like if you had a goddamn shoebox like in your car like that was the that was that the dope boys all they had all that. Then the other car that they all had was the Saab. It was a Saab nine something, I don't even know, my pops had one, but he ain't like it and took it back, it had leather seats, um so that, you would get the rims and you had to have a car phone, you had to have the tenant windows, um you know, they would get it all niggered out so they would get, you know, the uh, chain around the license plate they, it was, listen, it was a time, it was, it was terrible it was the best of times, but it was the worst of times but it was the best of times, we had some fun I ain't gonna lie the crack era was horrible, but I mean, we had some fun. We had the music. It was a golden era of hip hop. You go to parties, all the dope boys is there. Everybody had their chains, the fashion, the name belts. You know, what a time! It, it's our, there's no generation like ours. That's why you can't talk. I don't give a fuck what y'all say. Y'all cannot talk shit about Gen X because we did the damn thing and we built the culture and we survived a lot and we are fucking resilient and we are hustlers and we can make a way where there ain't no way. We ain't gonna complain about what we ain't got and what somebody screwed up and what we can't. We just gonna make a way. 
we gonna make a way, and, and, and I don't give a fuck what nobody say, we are the most resilient generation there is, you don't, we ain't have to get a trophy, we knew how to lose, does everybody get a trophy generation, I'm sorry, it's not good, y'all motherfuckers are whiny, y'all motherfuckers are entitled, y'all motherfuckers expect things to be given to you, we ain't have nothing, we had to start from scratch and build it, ain't nobody give us shit, uh, ain't no, we ain't had no pensions, we, we ain't have shit, we had to make that shit, and I, and I, I don't give a fuck, y'all could joke, y'all could laugh, y'all could talk all the shit y'all want, but we was wedged between baby boomers and millennials, and we was the motherfucking shit, cause we still here, and we made all this shit, all this hip hop, and all this fashion, and all this fly shit that everybody's trying to recycle now, and calling vintage and all that shit, that was our shit, we made that shit fly, that's why y'all trying to do it again today, cause of how fly we was back then, original, it wasn't copying nobody, that was us, we came up with that shit, y'all copying us, so, whatever, um, moving on, Janet Jackson in the Super Bowl, so, well, actually, I won't even say Janet, cause Janet Jackson, as far as we know, not performing, but I wanted to say, like, usually I don't care about shit, and I keep hearing y'all say this ever since the stuff with, with Justin in the Super Bowl, this, this notion that after the Super Bowl incident, Janet's career was, like, ruined, that's not true, I don't understand, like, y'all young niggas kill me with that, y'all are so ahistorical, by the time Janet Jackson got to the Super Bowl, she had been 20, 25, Janet Jackson's first album came out in 1984, Janet Jackson had been a superstar from that time till then, a superstar, not a star, not, you know, she was a superstar, the only person that was bigger than her was her brother, Janet Jackson was a superstar that whole time. So by the time she got to the Super Bowl, she was way past her peak. I mean, she's Janet Jackson. I mean, that's who they call to the Super Bowl. They don't call nobody. They call big stars to the Super Bowl. And then those big stars bring who they want. Like when they did um, Beyonce and Bruno. Like when they did Michael Jackson. I don't think Michael Jackson bought nobody. When they did... um, Who was it? Katy Perry bought out Missy. Like the stars bring who they want. She bought Justin. It ain't... Nobody, nobody, that CBS band did not affect Janet Jackson's career. People talking about her three, four out, those, nobody wanted those, they were not good albums. They, she was past her prime, they were not, they did not sound like her other albums. She had started messing with the Renee, she said she wanted to retire, she retired basically, she just withdrew. She said, okay, fine, and she withdrew, and she went and got married to the billionaire, it didn't, that didn't, it ain't like if Janet Jackson would have put out a dope album, nobody was gonna buy it, because nobody gave a fuck about that, I want y'all to understand when that shit happened, everybody's like, y'all making a big deal out of this shit, nobody gave a fuck, CBS was a station for old white people, that's why they got upset in the first place, when they handed that band down, everybody's like, okay, and what Janet gonna be on CBS TV for, they give a fuck, we didn't watch this shit except for the Super Bowl, nothing, it did not affect, I don't know what y'all are talking about with that, that's like when Mariah Carey went on a New Year's Eve, and y'all were like, oh, her career is over, is it? Mariah Carey been a superstar for 30 years, you think this one little Super Bowl for her career, what are you talking about? These people are past, these people can do whatever they want, Janet Jackson go have a residency in Vegas, she don't give a fuck, she didn't give a fuck about that band, them three albums or however many were, was because she was trying to get out of, okay, I owe y'all a few more albums, here you go, they weren't up to the Velvet Rope and the Control and the Janet album, they weren't good, that's why they didn't sell, nobody was not buying Janet Jackson because of a CBS TV band, like, I don't know what y'all are talking about, like, her, she just, she retired, 
She was like, okay, I'm done now. I've done being this shit for 20, 20, 30 years. I want to go have a family now. That she got married. That's what happened. And she retreated. She wasn't doing. You think if Janet Jackson, somebody wanted to make a movie with Janet Jackson, she wasn't going to be able to do it? She Janet Jackson. The ja- Janet Jackson been a superstar her whole life. Do you understand? Like, I don't know what y'all are talking about with that. The, nobody, first of all, that band was handed down two, three years after that incident. By that time, niggas was over it. Nobody cared about that. The only people that cared about that was the old, same old white people who complained about taking a knee now. Like, nothing affected Jen. That did not end her career. People talking about, oh, well, she declined and Justin took off. Justin took off because Justin was in a different point in his career. He took off because he was at the point where he was going to take off. He had just left NSYNC, and he was a solo artist, and he was trying to get to where Janet was, that's why she brought him on the show, like, yeah, he's gonna take off, because he wasn't at his prime, he wasn't at his peak, he was just on, Janet was past, though, how's she gonna take off, 25 years later, what's she gonna take off to, she already got damn superstar, it wasn't nothing to take off to, she was already bigger, big as, as anything, so take off to what, like, it wasn't, it wasn't a decline, she just, she just retired, she didn't want to do this, she, she didn't want to hear it, here go these three albums, and let's go, if the, anything hurt Janet's career, it was D- Jermaine Dupree, when he took over managing her, and, and doing whatever the fuck, that, that hurt, that's when her quality of her albums went down, yeah, that hurt her career more than CBS, cause it was like, what are you doing Janet, what is this trash ass music, what is this dude, what are y'all, that's that hurt her more than anything, that CBS band wasn't nothing, I don't know what y'all are talking about with that, like, nobody was stunting for that, nobody shut, Jan- CBS did not end Janet Jackson, Janet Jackson is recording superstar, what the fuck can CBS TV do about that, what they gonna do, keep her off CBS Super Bowl show, okay, so, I just, that irritates me, cause I, I usually, I just, I just scroll by, but y'all be quote, y'all young niggas be quoting shit, like, y'all know what y'all talking about, and y'all do not, y'all do not Google, y'all do not research, y'all wasn't around to know, and y'all just be, t- I mean, d- d- how ridiculous do you sound, somebody that's been a superstar since 84, and you talk about three, four albums in 2001, two, she didn't get no market, she didn't get no promotion, nobody gave a fuck, even if she did, nobody was going to buy those albums because they just wanted good albums. Nobody cared because at that point, she was retired and just putting shit out to put it out to get out of her contract. I owe these niggas three more albums. Here you go. They won up to par her last ones. And, and again, she had started getting with um, the Muslim dudes, so she was kind of not doing her old stuff. Like she said when she came back, she was like, this, she started wearing all them clothes. She tried to be a Muslim. She gave it the college try. She tried to be a Muslim. She tried to not be a sexy. And it just wasn't her. Nobody come to see Janet Jackson and all that black and covered up. So that's why it didn't sell. Nobody just was here for it. Like, Janet, listen, when you get over this Ali Akbar, whatever dude you doing here, we'll be here. But this shit right here, we, I, we good. We, I'll just keep listening to Welver Rope and Control and Janet and, um, the other one, I'll, you know, I just get, I'll watch Poetic Justice again, you know. But this what you doing? No, thank you, ma'am. Sorry. That's all. Like y'all, y'all do the most. Ain't nobody could end Janet Jackson career. She goddamn Janet Jackson. She been a famous since she was a little girl with Jackson Five. So please shut up. All right. Moving on to my favorite part of the show, and I told y'all I was gonna do y'all a little bit of luxury and I am, and I spent all week trying to figure out, um, which ones I wanted to do for y'all, because I ain't want to overload y'all, but I got the ones that I want, and as always, I'm going to put them up under Genghis Kicks, so the first pair is, and if y'all could get these, God bless, but, um, they, so there's these Nike Air Yeezys, it's, um, it's a sample, 
So, y'all know I don't like the Yeezy boots, but the Air Yeezys, Nike joints, this was one of the hottest sneaks out. I don't know. I, I'm still mad that he just lost his mind. I don't know if it's Yeezy shit because it's just not dope. But you'll see them. There's these black joints. They're super hype. I don't know if you can find them. They'd probably be $1,000. But they're black and they're like a um, shiny gloss. And they're really dope. Um, I don't know where to tell you to get them joints at. But if you can find them. Second pair. So, Adidas... Um, Again, Christmas is coming. They're releasing a lot of shell toes and high top shells. The Adidas Pro Model joints are about my favorite shoe out because they're so clean. You can wear them in anything. And they got this joint, the Tuxedo colorway. It's black, white, and gold Pro Model. Yo, I'm searching high and low for them joints. You got to see them. They're clean. They're clean, clean, clean. And, and the toe is like a matte black. Dope as fuck. Um. I don't even know where to tell you where to get them, and I ain't going to tell you until I find them. And once I get my pair, then I'll let y'all know because I ain't trying to get fucking sold out on my shit. And then the other pair I got is some Gucci sneaks. And I don't know if I ever told y'all my love for Gucci sneaks, but um, when I was, again, when I was in high school, I used to work, and I used to have money. And that's, and this is back in the 80s when dope era where everybody had to be fly and Gucci first came up with their sneaks and they had the high tops and the low tops and I went and got white high top Gucci sneaks, they was $500 I saved up my little money, my grandma took me down to Atlantic City cause the Gucci store was in the casino and I went in there and I got them so um, and those, they're, called, they're actually called the 1984's and they don't release them all the time the last pair they released in black I got um, but they weren't the all leather ones, the ones I had was all leather I don't know if they don't make those anymore but these ones I put up is, um, they got these new ones. It's called the New Ace. These are all leather. They got the Gucci joint on the side. They're 580 That's not really expensive for Gucci, though, if y'all know. If y'all wear Gucci, y'all know. I'm going to put them up. You'll probably be able to find them for Christmas. And they got a couple other pair, too. But, again, you got to be careful, Gucci. I don't like the buckles and all that. I like them nice and clean. But these ones I put up are really clean. And then, I was fucking around the day, and I, I don't think I saved them, though. There's another pair of Adidas Pro models that are coming out. Let me see if I can find them. Oh, the Air Vapor Max cookies and cream are coming out too, and so are the Virgil Ablos. But I already told y'all about those. Um, let me see if I can find them. Uh, where did I see those Adidas at? Anyway, it's a pro model. I- I'll find a picture and-, and put it up also when I find it. But it's a pro model, all black, original 88 joints, and, and um, they're-, they're jet black. They don't have no trim, no stitching, no nothing. They all leather. Cold. I got the I got them in suede. I got the Beckham joints. They black and gold. But these joints are all black. I'm gonna find them. I'm gonna put them up. They're incredible. If y'all can find those, y'all should try to. Um, I have to find out where did I see those at though. Is it one of my alerts? I don't know. I'm gonna find them. When I saw it, I was like almost had to wipe away a tear. Nigga, they they was they was dope. Um. All right. Yeah. That's it for Genghis Kicks. Um. I'm gonna post them as usual. We are, oh, good timing, right in an hour. All right, y'all, so that's this week's episode. Oh, I didn't even tell y'all the number. I'm sorry, I'm very unprepared. So I think it's 125. I think it's episode 125 of Thanks for Asking Kel's Radio. Episode six and one for my Eagles. Yes, sirs and ma'ams, we are six and one, six wins, one loss, wins and losses, Meek Mill, episode, give me a second, yes, episode 125, thanks for asking Kells Radio, 6 and 1, 
thank y'all for listening. Like me, give me comments, uh, give me suggestions. I gotta check the email. If y'all sent me something, don't worry, I'll get around to it. Also, I told y'all about the Patreon page, but I don't know. Some I don't really. It make you go through changes, so I'm gonna. not do that, I'm probably just gonna try to set up a Venmo, so if y'all wanna um, if y'all wanna um, donate some folks have already donated I don't wanna tell nobody business, but thank you very much, very generous um, yeah, because I produce this myself, and um, get everything all the equipment myself, and I want um, you know, I'll make some enhancements but, you know, a nigga got bills, so thank you, I appreciate it and I'll let y'all know, I mean, if y'all wanna go to the Patreon, go ahead, I'm just letting you know now I like seamless shit, I don't wanna have to hassle, if I wanna just be able to donate to a nigga, I just wanna be able to donate, I'm gonna go through 29 steps so if y'all having problems, I apologize um, I didn't realize, uh, so I'll set enough something else up and let y'all know um, alright, so that's it, thanks thank you, thanks for listening, tell your friends I got new listeners, hello, I hope I ain't too crazy for y'all, um yeah, so see y'all next week. Peace.